This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. What do the Florida Gators need to do to walk out of Salt Lake City with a win over the Utah Utes? I'll tell you right here on Locked on Gators. You are Locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. Be sure to download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Lockdown College for $20 off your first purchase. And now the Florida Gators play the Utah Utes tomorrow. That's right, Gators fans. Football, almost here. We're talking about how the Florida Gators can beat the Utah Utes, what they have to do to beat the Utah Utes. Before I talk about that, if you have not yet signed up for Florida Victorious and you want to, you can sign up and save 20% off your first month using promo code LOCKED when you sign up with Florida Victorious. Help the Gators win. That's how you can do it. Now we are talking about this game. Florida Gators going to Salt Lake City to take on the Utah Utes. Of course, travel got changed around because the storm, which hope everybody is safe. But with this game actually happening tomorrow, I think for the Florida Gators, in order to win, first off, you need to be two-dimensional. You don't need to come out and sling the rock. Like, like we know that the Florida Gators are going to run the football. And don't come in my comment section telling me what Shane Matthews said about throwing the ball, okay? No disrespect whatsoever. I don't care what anybody tells me. Oh, this is what they're doing in practice. Maybe they're throwing the ball a lot in practice because that's the area they think they need to improve upon more. Right? Maybe. I don't know. But Billy Napier historically has run the football quite a bit. I'm going to take what Billy Napier has historically done. So I'm expecting the Florida Gators to run the football. I tweeted this out, uh, this out on Monday. Against Utah last year, Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne combined for 17 carries, 139 yards, which is, I think, 8.2 yards per carry, one rushing touchdown, 97 yards after contact. Make Utah prove they can stop you this year. That's also not including that Naquan Wright was playing last year, and he had an awful game. So that's not including Naquan Wright taking carries away from both Montrell and Trevor Etienne, but mostly Trevor Etienne, who walked away with five carries in this game. Okay? Make Utah prove they can stop you. Because if you're Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne last year, they did not prove they can stop you. 
Okay, I'm not saying that they proved they can't. No, I'm just saying make them prove they can stop you in this one because they didn't last time. We play prove it game here, okay? Make them stop you. But at the same time, you do have to make the opposing defense still respect that you're going to throw the ball. You have to keep them from, from keying in on the run all the time. We know Florida wants to run the football a lot. Like, that, that's just a fact. Utah knows Florida wants to run the football a lot. They're going to key in if you don't make them respect the passing game. I mean, last year we saw teams stacking the box because they didn't respect Anthony Richardson to throw the football consistently. And why would you have? You look at Kentucky, you look at USC, hell, you look at USF, you look at the Utah game last year. He didn't prove he could throw the ball consistently well. He ran all over them. So if you're Florida, you have to be able to throw the football a little bit. I'm not even saying you need to come out there and, and 300 passing yards and you need to do a bunch. I'm just saying you need to come out and show them, hey, we will throw the ball. Like We can throw the ball and we will throw the ball against you, especially if you don't respect that we can, run the, uh, we can throw the football. You don't even have to do much. RPO slant, go do it. I don't care. If it makes them hesitate for a second, congratulations. You're winning the mental game there. Okay? So you have to make them respect that. I think one thing that I also need to see is you have to switch things up just when they happen. Like, you can't come out here and go, all right, run every single first down. We pick up four yards, get in second and six, run again, get a third and short, and then maybe we'll run, maybe we'll throw. Like you, you can't do that. Because then on first down, they're just going to key in on the run, and then they'll respect the passing game. At least throw a screen or something. Just just get the ball out quick, get some yards after the catch, and try to make some plays there. I fully do not expect this team to be like, yeah, we're going to come out and throw the ball 40 times against Utah with our offensive line that's playing together for the first time ever and a new quarterback with new receivers. I, I just don't see that happening, especially when, guess what? Florida's not an air raid. They're not trying to throw the ball a million times this game. They're not. They need to run the football. And everybody knows they want to run the football. Because historically, one, that's what Billy Napier has done. Two, that's what Billy Napier is really good at. I don't just mean running the football as in, oh, Billy Napier gets a good offensive line together. He gets some good running backs together. No, I mean, schematically, Billy Napier has a great rushing attack. He is. He, like, like, he, he does that very well. So I think that. Yeah, you're going to run the football. That's what historically you've been good at. That's what historically you've wanted to do. But you do have to throw the football at least a bit to make them respect. Like, Graham Mertz, 20 pass attempts. Okay, 20 pass attempts and, and just threaten consistently. All I need you to do. 20 pass attempts, 12 to 14 completions, no picks. You should walk away with a win there. If you can do that, if you can get 60 to 70% of your passes completed, not throw it, not throw a pick, not turn it over at any point, you should get that. Because again, if you just go, hey, we're going to run the ball all the time, especially against Utah's defense, they're going to key in on that. Will they be able to make the tackles? Who, who knows? Because they couldn't last year. So who knows if they could this year? But I would expect them to be more improved this year. I'd expect them to have better run fits this year because you've got guys that are coming back for another year. And Yeah, I expect them to be better this year. 
will you be good enough to stop one of the best running back duos in the country? To be determined. I'm not going to say you can. I'm not going to say you can't. I don't think you can, but I'm not going to say you can't. Simple as that. I I think that Florida Gators, congrats. You've got a great rushing attack. You've got dynamic playmakers actually now at receiver and tight end. Throw the football to them. Get in the red zone and throw it. Like Get in the red zone, put just big tight ends on the field. All right, dude, stop it then and make them respect you there. There's also something that the Florida Gators defense has to do because, yeah, the Florida Gators rushing attack is going to be great. So is Utah's, but we do have to talk about that in just a second. Before we talk about that, we're just a day away. Tomorrow, the Florida Gators play the Utah Utes. If you're headed to Salt Lake City or if you're already in Salt Lake City and you want to go to the game, game time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Okay? Game time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less money, game time will credit you 110% of the difference there. Hey, I used it a few weeks ago to go watch Braves at Mets with Senga pitching. I And yeah, I like that's the reference I'm going to keep making because that's the time that I've used them. And it was awesome. They were cheap. They were good seats. It was a good game. The Mets won. I was happy. The Mets won for once. I was happy. Snag tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. That's code Locked On College with Game Time. Twenty dollars. So download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Now, today we're talking about how Florida can win, what Florida has to do to win. And you could see it over here. I mean, from from how I'm like, it's, it's my right. But from how you see it, it's to the left of me. Um, but... The Florida Gators, you got to stop Jaquindon Jackson, okay? Jaquindon Jackson was someone that I remember last year talking with JT Wistersoul of Locked On Utes. We were talking off air, and he was like, yeah, because everybody knew my opinion of Anthony Richardson was fantastic athlete. I don't know what he's going to be as a passer, really. And JT Wistersoul was like, yeah, Jaquindon Jackson's like that, that insane athlete kind of guy that's a quarterback that can't really throw well. And so he might move to running back. That was never a conversation with AR. AR was always going to be a QB. But I remember talking about Jaquindon Jackson like that, and then he ended up actually making the move to running back. Look, he's an explosive, dynamic runner that isn't very easy to bring down. He's done a good job of forcing missed tackles, picking up yards after contact. I think the key for Florida is getting to him before he gets going. Like, get in the backfield, stop his momentum, early and then just continue slowing him down there. I think that when you have Cam Jackson in the middle of the defense, you're going to be able to stuff the run there, or you're at least going to be able to occupy two offensive linemen and let your linebackers come down and make plays because yeah, 
Cam Jackson's taking up two offensive linemen. He's a big like you have to you have to double team him a lot. So you have Cam Jackson there. You have Caleb Banks is listed as a starting defensive end, or Chris McClellan. Either way, they're both big dudes. They're both strong playmakers. Chris McClellan is better in my opinion. But again, Caleb Banks, we we haven't seen play much. He came over for Louisville after not playing and then earned this playing time. But whoever it is, Cam Jackson's taking two blockers. You can have either Caleb Banks or Chris McClellan take up one to two blockers, assuming Utah's going to have two tight ends on the field because they do that quite a bit. So that's four blockers. If you want to block any of them with one guy, good luck, have fun, bye, because that's how it's going to go. Princely is going to take a blocker at least. Then you have whoever is going to be lining up at defensive end. It's likely going to be Tyreek Sapp. He's going to take up at least a blocker. If you've got a double team or two double teams, two guys taking up four blockers, and then you got the rest lined up, your linebackers have to be able to come down and make plays. That's my point. So your linebackers are coming down making plays. They should have lanes to attack. They should have those lanes to come down, attack, and make plays downhill. And when they get there, they have to make those stops. You can't do the arm tackle. You, you can't do that. You have to go down and make that stop. However, also when talking about Jaquindon Jackson, I will say this. And I think Utah fans are going to get annoyed about this, but whatever. He's very talented as a runner. Not dismissing that at all. I am not going to give you the good luck stopping Jaquindon Jackson. He's elite. You ain't getting that from me. You know why? Because he's not elite. He's had four games with 10 or more carries. I ain't calling a guy with four games of 10 or more carries elite. Not getting it from me. Okay? Also, of those four games where he had 10 or more carries, three of those teams freaking sucked at run defense. Colorado, he did it. Congrats. Colorado had the fourth worst yards per carry in the country. Okay? Arizona was fifth worst country worst defense in the country in terms of yards per carry allowed usc 12th congrats penn state was the only one that was even respectable respectable and he still had a good game he had the most carries with i believe it was 13 and the least amount of yardage in a game with 10 or more carries his worst of the four games it was still a good game. Don't get me wrong. He still averaged like six yards per carry. However, most of your production there is beating up on horrible defenses. Okay? I'm not going to say you're elite if you've got four games with 10 or more carries. Three of them came against god-awful run defenses. Mm -mm. No. He's good. I'm not, I'm not going to He's He's good. He's talented. I'm not going to say he's elite. And but I do know that he's going to be a big part of this Utah rushing attack. He's going to be a big part of this Utah offense, and you have to slow him down because what? And I'm not, I'm not even talking about you know the Cam Rising or Bryson, whoever it is. You have to force them into throwing situations consistently. Okay, we know Utah can run the football. If you can force them into third and six or longer consistently, they're probably going to struggle converting. That's not a knock on them. Any team, I don't care how good you are, probably going to struggle converting a third and six consistently. 
So for me, that's where I'm like, okay, slow down Jaquindon Jackson early. Regardless of who the quarterback is, third and six is very difficult to convert on a consistent basis. So get to Jaquindon Jackson early. Get him in the backfield before he really gets going. Don't allow him to get into a rhythm at all. That That's how you do it. Like, he's going to have probably good stats. I get that. He's going to have a lot of carries, probably a good amount of yards. It's about not letting him get anything consistently. I, I'm fully prepared for him to rip off a long run. Why, like, Utah's offensive line, they're going to be good enough at to at least break off some of those. It's like Florida last year. Like, Florida's offensive line, even if you were going against a very good run defense, most games, Florida's offensive line was good to open up just a, a part the Red Sea and just let the running back run through. Utah should have that opportunity. But if you're Florida, you cannot let him get into a rhythm and do anything consistently. I'm fine if you have a couple of big runs, as long as most of your runs are not just chunk, 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 chunk. So Florida, you got to lock in on the run defense and you have to slow down Jaquindon Jackson, get this offense into throwing situations where again, I don't care if it's Cam. I don't care if it's Bryson. I don't care who it is. I don't care if you let Jaquindon throw the damn ball, get them into these third and long obvious passing situations and make them earn every first down, every yard they get. That's Florida Gators defense in 2023. That's what it has to be if you want to have a good year if you're the Gators. To wrap up today's show, the thing that I think Florida needs to do is not necessarily win the turnover battle. You can't lose it. Okay? I've said forever, hey, this game between the Florida Gators and Utah Utes I don't know who's going to win. I think it's going to be Florida. I don't know who's going to win. But whoever it is, it's going to be a close game. That's always been my point. I don't care if it's Cam or Bryson. No matter who it is, no matter who wins, it's going to be a close game here. Neither side can afford to lose the turnover battle here. Okay, so for me saying, what does Florida have to do to win? You can't lose the turnover battle. If you win it, Dope. Awesome. Love that. You can't lose it. And here's the thing, too. Last year, because I feel like a, a lot of the, the talk from Utah fans have been, you were one interception away. Cam Rising through an uncharacteristic interception. Florida only won because of an uncharacteristic interception by Cam Rising. I'd like to raise a rebuttal to that. Cam Rising threw a pick on the goal. Like, he threw the pick in the end zone to end the game or to lose the game, like sealed it for sealed it that Utah was losing. Okay. However, the Florida Gators also had an uncharacteristic turnover in that game. Montreal Johnson ended the first carry or the first drive. Montreal Johnson ended the first drive with a fumble. Utah scored on that drive. So Montrell Johnson fumbled, Utah scored a touchdown. So Utah got seven points because of an uncharacteristic turnover by Florida, because that was Montrell Johnson's only fumble of the year. Cam Rising threw a pick in the end zone. That took off seven points for Utah. Congratulations. That means Florida, that was their only turnover. Utah, that was their only turnover. So congratulations. You went completely zero, neutral in the turnover differential. And you meant completely zero neutral in the uncharacteristic turnover differential. 
And you mean completely zero, neutral, in points scored off turnovers or, or that point swing there. Because Utah scored a touchdown off Florida's, and Utah lost a touchdown because of their own turnover. So congratulations. That interception, not the deciding factor. It's not zero in the turnover differential. Congratulations. I don't know what you want from there. So I, I don't care about Cam rising through an uncharacteristic pick. Montreal Johnson had an uncharacteristic fumble. His only fumble of the year. In fact, last year, Trevor Etienne fumbled in the Utah game. His only fumble of the year. He recovered it, but yeah, Trevor Etienne, Montreal Johnson each had a fumble against Utah. It was their only fumble of the entire season. That's why I don't care for, for the Cam rising. Like Florida should have lost because Cam rising threw a pick in the end zone. How about this? Florida won by three. Florida should have won by 10 because Montreal Johnson had an uncharacteristic fumble. Boo. You see how stupid that sounds? We don't care about that here, okay? We care about not losing the turnover battle if you're the Florida Gators because you didn't lose the turnover battle last year and you won the game. You can't lose it this year. It's as simple as, like, if you lose the turnover battle, you probably lose the game. Either side. Either side, you lose the turnover battle, you probably lose the game. Just because it's going to be, again, a close game. This is going to be, I don't know how high they're going to score. I don't think it's going to be a lot. I hope not. I took Florida to win and Florida and the total under 46 and a half. So I hope not. <laughs> but I think no matter who does win, it's going to be a close game. I think both defenses show up. I think both offenses are probably going to struggle a bit. Florida's got their offensive line getting into shape. Florida's got a new starting quarterback in his first game. I get it. Florida's offense probably not going to be lightning in a bottle. They're probably going to be pretty, I think, consistent in terms of running the football. I think that's going to be fine. I've said I don't care who the offensive line is, who the starting offensive line is. I expect them to be able to run block because that's a big thing that Billy Napier, Rob Sill, Darnell Stapleton are looking for. So I expect them to be able to run block. So I don't care who the starting five really is when they roll out there. Passing the football, different story. Utah, if you have Cam Rising, he's not 100%. I don't care if he says he's feeling damn good or whatever the quote was. If he's cleared and if he starts, he's not 100%. And you know how I know he's not 100% or even really close to it? Because we're a day away from the game and we're still talking about if he's cleared. That's how we know he's not 100%. Even if anybody wants to go, oh, he's feeling good. He's feeling real good. He's, he's ready to play. I don't care. We're talking about if he's cleared. You're not tricking me into thinking that he's going to be good to go. And by good to go, I mean 100%. He's not going to be the cam rising that we all know. Ain't going to happen. Sorry. So we'll see. If, if if Cam Rising is playing, he's not 100%. If it's Bryson Barnes, he's inexperienced. We're looking at, either way, two offenses that have question marks, two defenses that I think both defenses are going to be very good. We'll see, like, Florida, you have to prove it. Same way I'm telling you, oh, Jaquinda Jackson did all this, but we play the prove-it game here. I'm still playing the prove-it game with Florida. I think their defense is going to be much much improved, but you still have to prove it to me. Before I go, yep, I was right, confirming my priors. So that, that's where I'm going with 
Florida, you got to just not lose the turnover battle. I'm not, yeah, I'm not taking it a step. Against Georgia, you got to win the turnover battle. But against Utah, don't lose the turnover battle. And I think that's like the, the last thing you need to be sure to win. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free for every listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Actually, we'll be back later because we do have the last of our two-a-days. We're talking about the safeties for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work at Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33, and I'll see you all tomorrow.